Welcome back. Hey, Pepper. Hi, Kimberly. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. That's always I'm good. my favorite part of the episode. Hi, Kimberly. <laughs> <laughs> As if we haven't seen each other for the last 30 minutes. That's exactly right. Yeah. How's it going over there? Man, we are rocking and rolling today. What's mm-hmm. going on with you? Everything's great over here. I'm, you know, we just put in a really good week of work. And so I'm pretty pumped. I felt like it was a pretty productive week. So I'm like, all right, let's go be productive on this podcast. Yeah. You were <laughs> not just busy, but you were productive. That's that whole LinkedIn conversation right now. That's right. Yeah. Are you busy, productive, effective? I love it. Yeah. Productive, girl. It's the whole rocking chair. Are you just rocking in the chair? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Back and forth. You're busy doing something. But is it productive? Hey, so what are we talking about today? I want to jump in. I'm ready because I we've prepped a little bit and I'm ready to have this conversation. Well, I think we had a good conversation this last week about transitions and about supervisors transitioning into their role and what makes it successful and how do they do it and what takes them off track. And so I thought, you know what? This is going to be a good podcast. So let's do it. This is a fun conversation in my mind because when I think about transitions, I think about the keyhole. That you love that keyhole. I love the keyhole. You're going (laughs) through it. It's going to be tough. It's like, get ready. It's it's super exciting to get promoted from an individual contributor or a team member role into now leading that team or a new team, right? That's right. You're pumped. You're excited. You got fire in your belly. You're ready to change the world. That's right. It is your team now. And go celebrate that. Go, don't forget to celebrate. That's right. <laughs> I, that's my thing. I love to celebrate. Celebrate your time. Come on. All right. So so we finished celebrating. Now we are, we're getting ready, right? We've already gotten the information that I got promoted. Mm-hmm. You got promoted. I want to go back to, do you remember when you got your first job as a supervisor, managing a team. What do you remember? I do. And I will never forget it. And so is that what we're talking about? New supervisor, first time promoted? First time promoted, new supervisor. All right. That, I do remember that. And it was because it was going, it was getting ready to be a train wreck. (laughs) (laughs) And someone kind of kept me from taking that train off, you know, off the track. And so I had a conversation with my husband and he was like, so, you you know, you're going to have your new team meeting, you know, tomorrow. And I was like, first meeting. Yeah, my first team meeting. He said, well, what are you going to do in your first team meeting? I was like, well, I am going to go set my expectations. (laughs) And he was like, Okay, so what does that sound like? And so I went down my list in my spiral of all the things I was going to set expectations on. And he just kind of looked at me and he said, can I make a suggestion? Sure, sure, I'm, I'm open. He's like, would you consider maybe just going in there and getting to know the people, getting to know who they are and what they're all about, maybe building some relationships and I mean, it stopped me dead in my tracks. And I, so we had a good conversation about it because I, you know, in my mind, I had already worked with this group. I wasn't promoted from within the group, but I had worked indirectly with them mm-hmm. for several years. I'm like, I know these people. I know what they're all about. I know what they do. And he's like, yeah, that that's my suggestion. Just go in and build some relationships and get to know what they do, why they do it, how they do it. And I was like, that's good. So yeah, my first meeting could have been a little bit of a derailer. And so I, I I went in and I just started doing that, started just talking to them, chatting with them, finding out what they're all about, what are their strengths, what are what do they love to do, and what are they working on, and how's it going? <laughs> so you, re- how, how did your team meeting go? Do you remember the team meeting? I absolutely remember the team meeting, and I remember being nervous, so nervous. Why, why were you yeah. nervous? 
I was nervous because I was, like I said, coming from a different side of the organization, and I knew my role, and I knew what I did, and I, you know, it just, it kind of set me on my heels when I realized I don't really know what they do. And so then there were people in that group that were senior, way senior to me, that had been there way longer than I had and knew way more about the area of expertise than I did. And so that kind of made me a little nervous about why are they going to listen to me? So it was real clear that I had to build those relationships because otherwise they were not going to listen to me. They were I was not going to be able to inspire. I was not going to be able to turn a ship or do, make any change, make any progress if I didn't have that as a baseline. It's so. funny. I think back about my transition and mine is somewhat similar to yours. And I was promoted into an, another team to manage another team. And that team was what they did was way outside of my wheelhouse. I mean, my wheelhouse was developing training on the soft skills side, you know, leadership development, communication. And I was moved over to a more technical side of the business. And I did not have a whole lot of experience in that area. That's interesting. So we actually did the opposite. I was going into the professional and you were coming into the technical. That is interesting. I just realized that. Yeah. And I remember my first meeting and a couple of other meetings that transpired my first week but I was super stoked. I was nervous. I was like, what am I, how am I going to do this? Can I do this? Questioning all those things. But in my first meeting, it's funny that you mentioned building relationships because the team that I started to manage or that I was promoted over managing was very experienced. These were people with 20 plus years in in the business that, that I was working. And I didn't have that much. I probably had 10, maybe maybe less, maybe eight. They were not in the mood to build relationships. Uh, and I did not take that approach. I, I remember my first meeting and it was very clear they're looking across the table at, at me wondering, what are you going to do? And how are you going to do it? And what are you going to change? And there was not a whole lot of, let me tell you about my family. Let me tell you about my strengths and weaknesses. They just weren't in it. Because they were not having it. No, they they weren't. That just wasn't their thing, right? It wasn't who they were and never really did, right? You know, you know, I ended up managing them for some time and it just took time, I guess, to get to the point of wanting to have some sort of genuine relationship. And so I did a different approach. I remember my first meeting and I remember talking a little bit about what we're doing today and what we're going to be doing in the future And it just makes me laugh when I think about your approach, my approach, and the differences there. Uh Because I think about, man, if I had walked in there and I was like, let me just hear about your strengths and weaknesses, they would have been (laughs) like, what is happening right now? But it does take me to kind of a follow-up conversation I had with one of them in particular. I was walking from my office to, you know, whatever, the cafeteria, the bathroom, the break room. And as I was walking by, I was like, hey, I'm really excited to work with you. And he looks over at me and he was like, are, are you talking to me? And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm like right here at your desk. Yes, I'm really excited to be working with you. I've heard of so many good things about you. I've heard what you're working on. And he looked at me and he was like, yeah, I don't know that I'm going to be working a lot with you because I work in another part of the business. And so I think <laughs> you and I are more of like a dotted line. And I just remember looking at him like, oh, okay, I got, okay, all right. Well, I guess I'll see you the next time I see you. Bye. Oh my gosh. (laughs) 
It was very evident. It was very clear. I was not going to be his boss. That is crazy. He was not having it. Yeah, I can almost picture that guy. But, you know, that's because every team is different. Their dynamics are different. The people are different. And so you've got to go with like what's going to work for that group. If it's if warm and fuzzy isn't going to work, you got to go in for something else. And I can see how that group, it would, warm and fuzzy wouldn't be working. Yeah, I think they would have <laughs> really questioned the decision. Yeah, uh, let's get down to business. What are we doing right. here? Yeah, that's right. And, and I think that's an important thing when you're transitioning is really think about what is the the feel, the mood, the culture of the team? And is it a down and dirty, let's get to business? Or is it more of a, I need that connection? And I think the two teams that we're talking about, Mm -hmm. I think that's exactly how I would describe both of them. One is more of the connection and one is the, let's get get to business. Yeah. And I think that is what, it's one of the things that makes the transition for a supervisor so tough because there's so many dynamics, right? There's all of these things, there's a checklist of things. You can just Google it up. What are the things you need to do as as you transition into a new leader role? And you have those things that you need to get under control and you need to learn fairly quickly. You got your 90 days or your six months, yeah. whatever it is. But then you've got your own personalities and what are your tendencies, you know? And then you have all of the personalities that are on the team and you have to deal with all of those. And so I think that can make it super complicated for that transition to go well. Well, and I think the other aspect here is, were you on the team before getting promoted or did you get moved to a new team? And, you know, when you're within the team and getting promoted, I kind of have experienced that in my career. But for me, really, I have the experience of getting moved to a new team where I have to understand them a little bit. I have to pay attention to how do they run their business and what are those relationships? But I would imagine if, you know, you're in a team, you get promoted to that team, that's got to make the relationships just that much more difficult because they see you a certain way, mm-hmm. right? You went to lunch with them all the time. You talked bad about the previous boss all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, y'all were like, that guy's terrible. And now all of a sudden, you are that guy. Yeah, and they're talking about you. They're talking about you. Are they really talking about you? They're talking about you. That was that was a hard part for me because I, you know, I, I like people and I like people to like me. And so the realization, I had a supervisor who said, yeah, they're talking about you. And I thought about it. I was like, yeah, I've pretty much talked about every boss I've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> and I literally just had this conversation with a supervisor a couple of weeks ago about you know, wanting them wanting to be able to control that, you know, with people talking about them. Oh, boy. But you can't. You no. cannot control it. It's, they're going to do it. Yeah, they're going to do it. And, you know, th- a lot of it, why do you think they talk? I mean, you know, when you, when you think about you talking about your boss, why is it that you're talking about your boss? Some of it is just getting some frustration out, right? You just don't agree. Where, in my mind, to limit that conversation, that distraction, or that what, whatever you want to call it, it takes more communication. Uh-huh. Because oftentimes you're talking about the boss because you don't understand what they're doing. It's like, why would they do that? Oh, there they go again. Oh, look at that. Yeah. And so getting comfortable with either being very transparent about some of your decisions or be getting comfortable with, they're going to talk about me. Yeah. We've talked about that before about the gap, right? Filling in the gap, right? When you leave gaps in your communication of what you're doing, why you're doing it, why it's important, all that, if they don't have the answers, they're going to fill it in. They're going to fill it in. So either you can fill it in with the right answer or they'll fill it in. Absolutely. Whatever. 
And, you know, I'm going off. This is the squirrel moment. <laughs> but it's like that that piece of you can nip that in bud quickly so that it doesn't boil over into the water cooler chat because you really don't want that. It's just a waste of time. You want to fill in the gaps, answer all the questions and ensure that they understand who you are from your leadership expectations or how you lead your style and understand what the end goals are. Yeah. And so this, what you said earlier about, you know, a super or someone that was on the team and now they're being promoted to the supervisor of that team and they used to be buddy-buddy. I think about that and, you know, how would that play out in me going to build my relationships? I already have relationships, right? Certainly. And so does that leader still need to build relationships with that team? You know, that is a fair question. And what I would say, the way I would respond to that is, it has to be different. I think the relationship has to be different. The supervisor who, or the person who gets promoted into that supervisory position, it's not the same relationship. It's not that buddy-buddy. It shouldn't be that buddy-buddy. Even though I do see leaders who want to so badly hold on to that buddy-buddy relationship. Mm -hmm. And if you keep continue to try to keep that buddy-buddy, I just think you lose the credibility. You lose the... Here's where we're trying to go. And I see leaders who think holding on to the buddy-buddy, they're just, they're going to get on board. <laughs> they're going to go with it. And I'm like, they're, they're not. Yeah. So what does that look like as you've, you've, you've come up from within the group and now you're supervising the group and the relationship needs to change? How do you do that? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know that I, I've done that. I, I have to think a little bit about my history and, and whether or not I have, have had that transition but I will say, I mean, you can swing the pendulum from one end to the other, and there is absolute balance. But on the one end, you maintain the buddy-buddy. Everything's, you know, we're still chummy with each other. To on the other end, you walk in and you're like, I am now your boss. <laughs> Darth Vader. <laughs> right? And it's like, I will tell you what to do, you know? Yeah, going straight into the boss mode. Oh, man. Come and that's on. Not, Everybody's all like, whatever. <laughs> They're like, we remember when you used to, <laughs> you know? So it really is finding right in the middle that balance. And I guess, you know, now as I'm talking it out, it's having a conversation, right? Yeah, that's it goes back to the, I think, conversation and transparency, right? Yeah. Something's changed. Get it out on the table. Quit letting it be the elephant in the room. Yeah. Something's changed and I want to do a great job. And I know the leaders that we've had before and the frustrations, I'm going to try to relieve some of that. I need you on board. It's the first follower. Yeah. Going back to get the first follower of who's going to come on board with you and what is it you're all about and how do you, why do you need them and what do you need them to do and, and see if they'll go with you. Yeah. And some of us have a hard time with that kind of a conversation, but it really is just that. Yeah. Hey, things are going to be awkward. I don't really know what this looks like, but we're going to figure it out. Yeah, I appreciate your support, man. <laughs> I'm going to try to you know do the best I can do, and I'm going to screw up. I think that's the other thing is I'm going to make mistakes. And so I just appreciate y'all's, you know, giving me some grace as I figure this out. So you're, you look back now and you transitioned a number of years ago. If you told yourself something today that you didn't know then, what would you tell yourself? Oh, man, I would be, I would have to, you know, so me, think about me in January. That's why I was with that mm. team. I, went, I was going to go set the world on fire and make a bunch of changes and turn the ship real quick. And I would say, figure out what's the one thing you really need to do 
right? For me, it was build some relationships. What's the one thing you really need to do and focus in on that and give that the most of your effort? What about you? What would you say? You know, for me, it was I didn't know everything. That's what I would tell myself. It's it's really getting comfortable with what you do know and what you don't know. And just because I got promoted and just because I was asked to lead this team doesn't mean that I have all the answers or I know everything. And it really is creating an opportunity to lean on some of the people who are on your team to teach you things. Yes. To say, I don't even know what that is, man. What is that? Help me figure this out. And that, to me, creates this opportunity for a nice relationship of, here's what I know. What do you know? Can we have some sort of reciprocity here of, you teach me, I teach you. And so it really is walking humbly in, knowing you don't have all the answers. Yes. And so that's where you go into the whole asking lots of questions, right? Mm -hmm. Teach me. Mm -hmm. That was a great experience for me when I think about it. Just the, the people that I worked with had so much time under their belt and experience and exposure to things that I just never had mm-hmm. and how gracious they were at accepting me and teaching me what I needed to know. It was pretty cool. Pretty yeah. cool experience. I, the same thing. I'm so appreciative of the those that took the time to let me go to their meetings, let me sit in on their meetings, to help me understand why we do it this way. And I mean, they would, and I, listen, I didn't get it the first time around. I'd be like, now take me back again. <laughs> What was that? (laughs) Why do we do this? And they were just so patient letting me figure it all out. I thought it was was a fun time. All right. So when you look at the data, there's a lot of data right now that talks about transitions. And I think you have some of that. But people who are promoted, how many are successful? They actually get through the transition and are viewed respectfully, credibly, all of those things versus those who just, they get promoted, but they get stuck, right? They don't really you know, take on the role and lead the team. Right. Why do you think that happens? Why do people or new leaders in transition get stuck? What what do you think causes that? Well, I think we kind of touched on it a little bit, but I think it's one of the things I think is just taking on too much at one time, right? You've got a list. There is a laundry list of all the things you've got to get under control and you've got to learn, and you've got to be doing the skills that you need for a leader. And you couple that with your personality and, you know, just say you got a team of five, five other personalities. I think that can be just a little overwhelming. And so it's like, where do I focus? Do I focus on that behavior? Or do I focus on this person that, you know, needs a new skill? Or do I focus on they don't know what they're doing? (laughs) You know, it's where to focus and that there's so much. And so... For me, I would boil it down to there's just so many things to focus and you may not know where to start. Yeah, I love that. Uh, It makes me think, uh, you know, my boss has said to me, this is a marathon, not a sprint. Yes. It's like you don't have to get it all done in the first six months. Yeah, hopefully you're going to be the supervisor next year and, you know, five (laughs) years from now. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, and so it's really taking your time at doing it well and not trying to get it all, eating the whole elephant at one bite because you can't. Yeah. You're not going to do a great job. Yeah. And then, you know, the the other thing is typically people come up through the organization because of their technical skills, and those are great in a leadership role, but, you know, what may not have been built along the way is all the people skills, which you got to have the people skills to be able to get the work done now. So maybe some of that. What, what, what else would you add? You know, I always think about the book, What Got You Here Isn't Going to Get You There. 
It's an over-reliance on the skills that you had in your previous job. So your comment about people with a certain skill set get promoted because they're executing, they're doing a really good job. And now all of a sudden they've been asked to lead and they over-rely on the skill set that they already had. And there, there's a, a, I don't know, lack of awareness or a lack of interest in building the skill set that they need to have for the next level or moving into that role of a manager and a leader. And so they just, they almost settle. To me, it's they make their own decision of not challenging themselves or not pushing themselves to build the people skills or build the inspirational skills or the motivation skills and say, well, I was doing a good job before mm-hmm. and I'm just going to keep doing what I've been doing <laughs> and everybody will follow. Yeah, but that, and that, that's what can keep you in the weeds because that's where you're comfortable in that zone doing that job versus growth, right? You got to learn a new skill that's uncomfortable. You got to get out of your comfort zone and go learn something new to be able to do the new skills that are needed for this role. So critically important for transitioning leaders not to over-rely on what they currently know, but really thinking about what they don't know. So how do you figure out what you don't know? Where do you go? What do you do? Who do you talk to? Man, you get yourself a mentor for one. Get yourself a mentor and get aligned, right? Get aligned with the supervisor that's above you. And hopefully that supervisor has vision for this is what the organization needs. This is what this team needs to do. And so if that's what the team needs to do, and this, then what's my role in that? And what skills do I have that I can work with? And what skills do I need to go develop to get this done? It's just, you know, there's got to be some type of alignment. Now, for me, the issue is, what happens if the leader above you doesn't is not a good role model, doesn't have vision, it was just doesn't think like that. Just inaccessible. Maybe they're too busy. Mm, could be. Right? Could be. And you're kind of on your own, or at least you feel like you're on your own. Yeah. And so what do you do about that? You know, I take the approach of gathering information. So I focus in on my curiosity and I sharpen that curiosity tool and I just start going and asking questions. How is this working? Could if we did this, how would that look? How about this? And so, you know, when I think about the upstream and the downstream, right? You know, I pay payroll checks. Well, I just think about where are the avenues that I interact with people? And what are the pinch points of information flowing back and forth? And can anything get improved? How is it currently working? I just, I automatically, I mean, as I'm listening to myself talk, I automatically have this lens of continuous improvements. Mm -hmm. Like, what can I do better? But I, I think in general, it's really reaching out to people that your team normally interacts with and how are things working? Mm-hmm. What What's working now and what could be potentially better or improved? Yeah, I like that. That's, I mean, that's a, it's a good place to start. So if you've got continuous improvement and there's something over here that could be better, it's okay. Well, how do we make that better? And what skills do I have that I can help move that along? And what skills do I need to go get and develop? All right. So my last question, last thing I want to kick around here with you is, how do you know you have successfully transitioned? Ooh. <laughs> At what point? Is it a time frame? Do they, is it your one-year mark? I did it. Yeah. How do you know that you've successfully transitioned? I think, one, you got to think about in your mind, have you yourself transitioned in your mind where you feel like you you are the boss? They're, they're seeing you as the leader, not as the, because of your title leader, 
but because you are leading them, right? You're you're helping them understand where we're going, what we're doing. And then do you see it from your people where they're coming to you for your leadership? That's That to me would be my kind of litmus test of have I made the transition? What about you? I guess for me, I think I, I automatically go to time. I don't know why. I don't think it's in a year. I think it takes time, especially in that first transition. And so I think there needs to be some realistic expectations around successful transition. And is it in six months, one year? Uh, I would probably err on the side of one to two years. So anyone who's listening, it's like, if you're in six months or less, this is not a question at this point, right? There's still more to be done. But when I think about a successful transition, it's around the relationship, the trust, and the feedback. Mm -hmm. So for me, when I have transitioned and, you know, been asked to lead a team, it's usually I don't get the feedback that I'm looking for from the team until about two or three years in. And when I say feedback, it's not necessarily feedback on me or how I'm doing, But it's more feedback on how is the team doing? How are we moving towards these goals? How are we working together? And when I can get that honest, open, candid feedback, I can now I can sit back and I can go, yes, I have finally successfully transitioned into this role. They're seeing me as a contributor, as a guide, as the person who is has vested interest in moving this team forward. So I think for me, I'm looking for a level of trust, the relationships. You've already talked a little bit about that. And then I'm looking for that feedback. I'm looking for when I ask a question, it's not crickets. There you go. Yeah. And so that's the whole, there's the progress along the way, right? You don't have three years to I get you to be the supervisor, right? But yeah. you have like to get to the really good mark. We're a well-oiled machine, and everything's clicking on all eight cylinders. Absolutely, yeah. But then there's those other things that just have to come along way before the three-year mark. Yes, I always <laughs> like that. You're like, wait a minute, I'm not waiting three years. <laughs> I got some work to do here because <laughs> I know that conversation's coming. Like, hey, how's it going? Where are we at? Mm-hmm. How many widgets this month? <laughs> All right. So here we are. We have gotten to the end of this episode already. What is your final thought, your question, the thing you would leave? What? A transitioning? Are they getting ready to transition? Are they already in transition? What's your time frame? Who are you talking to? I would say that person that is in that, I've, I've, they've been promoted and they're in somewhere between the zero and six month mark. All right. That leader and so they're still feeling it out. <laughs> they're like, there's still some little butterflies in the tummy. Yeah. When a question gets asked, it's like, <laughs> should I know that answer? Yeah. And so I think I would just ask them, you know, did you put some thought into where you needed to start with this team? What are the needs of this team? And did you start there? Did you start somewhere else? And do you need to back up? Maybe a little transparency. Oh, I like that. That's mm-hmm. a man. I'm ready to talk about that. Can you back up? <laughs> Who are you Can talking you fix to? it? <laughs> Aisle five, clean up. <laughs> so I'm going to talk to the person who's supporting or supervising the new supervisor. And my thought for the day or my question to that person is, number one, what have you done to prepare them? What have you done to guide them in this first transition? Because that is so important. We've talked about how hard it is. And we really, as that next level supervisor, we provide 
the foundation, the support, the guidance, because we want it to be a positive transition. Yes. And have you given them the grace to know, like, you don't have to know everything all at once, right? You can come back in here tomorrow and the next day and the next day, which I did, right? I needed some coaching on a regular basis of checking, like, help me with this, help me with that. And I may not have gotten a straight answer, like, here's your answer, but they would definitely point me in the right direction of where I could go get it. I love that. That is awesome. All right. Those of you who are listening, thank you so much for hanging out with us today. We hope you have enjoyed this conversation. Those of you who are longtime leaders, at a minimum, we hope you went back and you thought about your first team meeting and just reflected a little bit on how'd you do? How did you approach it? And did it work? Yeah. And for those of you that know someone that's just been recently promoted, you know they're going to get promoted. You have some insight to that. Don't forget to share this podcast with them because that could save them from clean up aisle five. (laughs) Listen, connect with us on social media. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. Then come back again for an extra shot of leadership. 